Copycat, let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19, all new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Welcome to Recovering Gleek, a podcast for all of your complicated feelings about the TV show Glee. I can see the sun. Okay, this I'm trying. I tried to sing that with the song, and the song is too slow. So we're gonna see if I can remember it. <laughs> I can see the sun shining down on me. Is it you, my love, that I can see? Don't walk away. Don't walk away. Don't let me walk in Monday's mini oh, That's a beautiful in song. Monday's mini Thank you. It's by the Bee Gees. Oh, I don't Which know much like about the Bee Gees. My dad's favorite band of oh. all time. <laughs> Shout out to your dad. Uh, Ian, I have a question for you. Yeah, I have an answer for you. Perfect. Since we've seen each other, you have made your great pilgrimage to New York City <sighs> and you have gone viral. Which has been more emotionally taxing? <laughs> Honestly, I'll be honest. Going viral is always emotionally taxing <laughs> because... It's always the videos I don't care about that go viral. And I know ones, you have that vibe. I can't I can't put my finger ugh. on it, but I know that vibe that people vibe with that you is like you not trying. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yes. And then the ones that I like put my heart and soul into, <laughs> no one watches. And then the one that I'm just like, I might as well post this. I wake up and it has freaking five hundred thousand views. So literally in one day. I posted a TikTok on the Recovering Gleek account that I spent probably four hours on (laughs) and it got 1,500 views, which is nothing since we have 45,000 followers. And then I posted a TikTok on my own account that was literally me trying to do a trend and messing up. (laughs) And I posted that and it currently has like 600,000 views. (laughs) I'm pissed. I showed like every member of my family. Um, we all think you're so gross, but we love you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if anyone's so wondering why I'm doing ASMR right now, it is because, as Lena said, I made my grand pilgrimage to New York City. Here we are living the city life. Uh, and I currently am living with four roommates and it's four in the morning. <laughs> so I'm trying to uh, not wake them up. Well, you're so an angel for doing it at four in the, four in the morning. How Party is it? Baby, are you having a great time? I am having a good time. I think I'm going to save uh, most of the info for our okay. maxi sode just okay. so this can be quick and dirty. Um, okay. But, you know, I've, I've only been here for like five days, so I... I haven't really learned anything. Okay. But just a fun insight into how it's going is this morning I 
uh, was going to go to church and I got mm-hmm. on the subway and I accidentally got on the express and ended up 20 blocks south of church. So then I was like, cool, I'll just take the local back uptown. And I accidentally got on the express again going uptown. So I ended up exactly back where I started at my apartment <laughs> and then had to go on the local downtown. So I fully traveled uh, 20 blocks south of my building and then 20 blocks north and then finally made it to my mm-hmm. building. It took me a full like 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you, a true New Yorker. Right, or a native incredible. New Yorker. I have listened to Native New Yorker by Odyssey mm-hmm. probably like 15 times Good. in the last five days. Good for that you. And Welcome to New York by Taylor Swift Dude. truly are playing on repeat. Kaleidoscope of loud hearts, <laughs> heartbeats, undercoats. I made myself a New York City playlist like with all the New York mm-hmm. vibe songs that I, yeah, li- I did. So every same. time I try and talk myself, really? Oh, we should, we should compare notes sometime. But every time I feel myself trying to talk myself out of it, um, I'm like, oh, I put I put Billy Joel on. I put that New York playlist on and I, uh, my mind has changed. What did I name my playlist? What did you name your playlist? I named it three bucks, two bags, baby. I just love you. Have I ever told you how much I love you? I just am obsessed with your whole deal. Um, what did I name it? One second. My freaking freaking phone. Oh, you know what I named it? I named it This City Screams Your Name after the after Cornelia Street by Taylor Swift. Oh, heck yeah. I hear me out. Hearing you. I listened to that song once uh, because I was like, I should put this on my New York playlist. And Mm -hmm. then I was like, this is too sad. And I took it off. Oh, I hear you. (laughs) I get that. I get that. I mean, you know me. I love uh, the drama of like sobbing in an airport, Mm -hmm. the drama of like getting on public transportation and not knowing anyone, the drama of like being in a new city and just being so lonely. Um, I don't know why I just eat that up. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. I was walking. um, I was walking down the street tonight and it was snowing. Oh. And I was like a little gloomy. Yeah. And I put on five, um, five oh five by the Arctic Monkeys, <gasps> and was just like walking in the snow in the city. And I was like, I'm on a music video. You a dumb brat. You're my best friend, <laughs> dude. I'm gonna be there so soon. Keep it warm for me. Ugh. Oh my gosh, I'm warming it up. I'm warming it Good. up. Put your butt all over that town just for me. I Are will. You ready to get into this mini sode? Is in the oh, next two weeks to wipe my butt against <laughs> every building in New York just for Perfect. you. Well, not to reveal where I'm moving, but I'm moving to Brooklyn. So you got you got a couple more boroughs to get through. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, hello, everyone. Uh, uh, my name is Ian Allred. I am, in fact, a native New Yorker. Uh, <laughs> as of five days, that counts as native. Mm-hmm. And I'm also a mini Gleek. Hey, everybody. I am a soon-to-be native New Yorker. Come the end of January, my butt's going to be all over that freaking town. That city screams my name. But I'm mostly a mini Glee. Gosh, I love Glee. I miss Glee. I can't wait to get into season four. Oh, my gosh. I'm starting to have to deal with the reality that it might not come on to Disney+. Plus. I know, I know. Literally, people have asked me about it. They're like, well, what do you do now? And I'm like, honestly, we haven't done anything. Because <laughs> we haven't dealt with it. Because I truly was like, by the time we finish the Glee project, like, 
it's going to be on Disney Plus. Yeah. And now we're halfway through the Glee project and we're having to face the reality where like yeah. it might not be and like, we might, I might just for real have to need to download a VPN. Yeah. <laughs> I know, which is so crazy. So many lovely people have like emailed us like really easy ways to get a VPNs and I have been avoiding it just because I'm like, well, like Disney owns Fox, so I'm yeah. not super worried, but I am kind of worried. <laughs> oh. Speaking of Glee Project, um, we have an update, which mm-hmm. is that season two got taken off of Daily Motion. <laughs> so, Do you think that's a little bit our fault? Honestly, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> We've been really advertising Daily Motion's illegal shit. <laughs> um, but we there are other ways to watch it. Do not fret, everyone. Um, there is... There's a Facebook group or something that has like uploaded every episode of season two. And also a friend of the podcast has a mega file that has every episode on it. So if you go to the discord and you go under hashtag general, like the, the general discussion tab and you click on the pinned comments, they have links to the Facebook uh, group and the mega file. You can watch them there. Also, we're going to put the Facebook stuff on the subreddit. So just check the subreddit and there should be a post that has a link to each episode on Facebook. Have I mentioned how obsessed I am with the people who listen to this podcast I am? (laughs) Oh my gosh. I just love that people do that. I just love that people share that stuff. Not just with me, but with everyone else. It like warms my little cold heart. Sigh. Speaking of the people that listen to this podcast, let's get into their thoughts, baby. Hell yes. Let's kick things off with dear, dear, dear listener, dear friend of the podcast, uh, Nikki. So, Nikki sent us an email on Wednesday, January 5th. This made me laugh. (laughs) Which was when we wrapped up Glee Project Season 1 and announced that we would be airing a rerun the next week. And the subject line of this email is, I never know what to title emails, IDK, pee pee poo poo. (laughs) The contents of this email read, I'm listening to the new episode and I had to pause to send this. When you said you're you're re-airing an old episode that you think doesn't get enough attention, my immediate reaction was, OMG, they're going to do the Grinch episode. Anyway, have a good day. I just had to tell you this. And OMG, I hope I'm right. Cowboy emoji. XOXO gossip girl. (laughs) Ha ha, Nikki, she, her. And then exactly one week later, when we aired the Grinch episode, Nikki responded to this email and said, all caps, ha ha ha, lamau. I started listening to the episode and had to pause and come here to say I screamed and wheezed when it was the Grinch episode. Ha 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 ha, cowboy emoji. Anyway, I remember being a funny episode, and I hope it gets the attention it deserves. XOXO, Nikki, smiley face, she, her. Nikki, <laughs> you've made my whole night. Thank you. I literally, I love these messages so much. I'm so glad that you, Nikki, understand us enough and give the Grinch episode enough credit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I Both love Nikki that. and Amethyst Stewart on Twitter predicted like immediately when we announced that we were doing a rerun that it was going to be the Grinch. Do you think it was all the Easter eggs we left or do you think that they both just get our vibes? (laughs) 
I think it was all of the cleverly placed Easter eggs that we put in that episode. Amazing. That helped them. Also, Nikki, I am so obsessed with signing off emails as XOXO Gossip Girl. I'm yeah, so you glad do that, that you also do that. It's That's every, very funny. <laughs> when I send the the episodes to Lena and Tiffany to listen to after I edit them, like 50% of the time I signed it XOXO Gossip Girl. And another like 30% of the time you sign it Your Worst Nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Nikki, thank you so much for these messages. Thank you so much for catching our vibe. <laughs> Nikki, we love you. Um, up next, we have a message from the podcast, Amanda. Haley Pace and LPC. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm almost through the last minisode by the Glee Project, and I wanted to expand on the idea that Glee is a Ryan Murphy fan fiction. I totally agree, but not because Ryan Murphy is Rachel Berry. He may think that, but in reality, he is much more aligned with public enemy number one, Will Schuster. The most recent podcast episode got me thinking about this because of the way that Hannah's choreography experience was handled. Lest we forget the way that Will handled Mercedes during booty camp and how there was absolutely no space for a conversation about accessibility and choreography. In Hannah and Mercedes' case, the attitude was very much, you either can or can't do it, and either way, it's your fault as the dancer. In this week's podcast episode, the way that he was talking to certain contestants about how they embody Glee, but in the end he chooses winners that are not those contestants, makes me think of all the times that Will tells people like Tina and Quinn that they are important to the club, but then always chooses Rachel for solos. And Ryan's weird affinity for Damien and Samuel, and how he thinks they can do no wrong, is strikingly similar to the way that Will always forgives the things that Finn does. Ryan Murphy thinks he's Rachel, but he's really Will. Anyway, that's all my thoughts. I hope you all have a smooth transition into a new chapter of life. I feel your pain. I am leaving teaching at the end of the school year because it's what's best for me, even though I don't know what I'll do after. It's hard to make giant leaps in life, even if it's what we've always wanted and what makes the most sense. I believe in you and your ability to navigate new courses. Consensual consensual forehead kisses, Amanda, she, her. P.S. I started watching Succession based on your recommendation, (laughs) and holy shit, it's incredible. Isn't it just? Amanda, first of all, um, your message makes me very emotional. Thank you so much for saying that. Isn't that so scary? Um, And right back at you, Amanda. I am so proud of you for, you know, doing what's best for you. I just think that takes a lot of bravery, and I'm really proud of you, Amanda. I'm so scared. (laughs) I've been talking to a friend from high school, like literally over the last three days about this, Mm -hmm. about just like, it's so terrifying to, uh, you know, let go of all stability in life (laughs) and just kind of take a big swing and be like, we'll see where this leads me. But also like, you know, sometimes comfortability is not worth being less happy than you can be. Yeah. So shout out to you, Amanda. You got this. You guys are full of wisdom. But also with your message, I absolutely agree. Seriously. And watching how Ryan Murphy like interacts with all these kids, he totally like thinks like thinks he's Rachel, but he's actually Will Schuster. And that's why Will Schuster is the hero of the show. But he's also a, a villain because Ryan Murphy thinks he's a hero, but is a villain. Yeah. And it also like... It goes to show 
how not self-aware Glee is in some ways. Because you just, you know, like... Glee as a show always touts Will as like this hero and the kids are always like, Mr. Shu, you are Glee Club. And just like he changed our lives and we are eternally grateful and all this crap. And it's always like, how do they not realize, like, how do they write these things that Will is doing and then think he is such an incredible person? And Amanda, you're so right. It's like, oh, it's because Ryan Murphy's that way. Yeah. Like, the Glee Project nonstop is them talking about how, like, this is a show for people who are different. This is a show for the underdog. And then in the end, they're like, we're going to reward the most mainstream popular Mm -hmm. people we possibly can. Absolutely. And they do not see the contradiction in that at all. Mm -mm, Not at all. Amanda, thank you so, so much for this message. Again, so proud of you. Thank you for making me cry. Proud of you um, for watching Succession. Oh my gosh. Proud of you. Have you finished Succession yet? I did finish Succession. We'll have to talk about it sometime. But we have more time. <laughs> <laughs> um, up next, we have a message from Fred Podcast, Aaron. Hi, Lena and Ian. I had never watched The Glee Project before you guys started recapping it, and it made me so angry. It's definitely fun TV, and I love reality TV. But Ryan Murphy kept the show from accomplishing what he claimed it set out to do. Over and over and over again, it was stated that the show wasn't a dancing, singing, or acting competition. It was a competition to see who could inspire the writers to create a character based on the winner. Based on that statement, this show is a personality contest. But even that's a lie. Yes, Ryan Murphy ends up picking the winners based on their personalities. But between the two first place winners, he picked somebody to play a character that he already wanted to write. Ryan said several times that he wanted to write a Christian character. First, he wanted Cameron for that role, but eventually it was transferred to Samuel when he revealed that he was a Christian. But Ryan said multiple times that he always wanted to write a Christian character, which means that the character wasn't inspired by either Cameron or Samuel. Ryan Murphy already had the idea for the character and likely would have written it no matter what, which means that this entire show was basically an extended tryout for a character that already existed. It gave Cameron and Samuel a huge leg up because they were the closest to what Ryan thought this character should be. I just feel like Ryan, whether it was intentional or not, lied to the contenders about the concept of the show. (laughs) This might be why the most diverse people ended up going home. Ryan would have had to come up with new characters for them, and he just wanted these kids to fit into the box for characters he'd always wanted to write. These poor kids were told that they were supposed to be themselves so that they could inspire new characters, but Ryan wouldn't let them do that. Like you guys, I'm glad that Alex ended up having so much longevity on the show, and I sincerely wish that Lindsay had gotten to play Harmony longer. But the way Ryan refused to let the show be what he told everyone it was going to be is just one more wrong committed against the kids. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Good luck in your move to New York. I hope everything goes smoothly, and I can't wait to hear more content content from you guys, Aaron. Aaron, you are so unbelievably correct, at least I think so, in this Mm -hmm. opinion. Lena even said it herself when we were talking about um, the last few episodes of Glee Project Season 1. Like, no woman had a chance of winning the show because Ryan Murphy clearly 
wanted another boy on the show so that they would have equal number, you know, like everyone could dance with an opposite gender partner. And it's like, you know, obviously there's nothing wrong with having a character in mind and auditioning people for it. Mm -hmm. That's literally how, you know, like film and television works. But for this whole show to be this huge charade, pretending that like, oh, we have nothing in mind. We just want to find like an actor who inspires us and create a character based on them. When in reality it was, we need a boy because we have more girls than boys right now. And also we'd kind of like it if they were Christian. Like, God, if you want a Christian boy, just write the character and hold auditions. Don't like put these poor kids through this whole song and dance where they have to like expose themselves and rip themselves open for a part they don't have a shot at. Mm Mm-hmm. I absolutely agree. I think, yeah, like, I can't even add on to what you said, Ian, or what you said, Aaron, because that's absolutely right. And, like, even when we think about it, like, the way that Ryan Murphy talked about the Christian character, he kept mentioning it, mentioning he wanted it to be a girl. And that is so weird to me that he has, like, these, like, preconceived notions already coming in to him wanting a Christian character or him wanting this or that and him revealing, like, him already having preconceived notions about what he wants for the future of Glee. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so, like, you're so right, Aaron. Like, it's a lie. It's a personality contest. And that it's stupid. (laughs) Like... And you're so right, Ian. It's for boys. Like, it's so weird. I don't even know. Yeah, it just ends up being a huge publicity stunt. It's like, no. It's a good one. It's fun to watch. Truly, it's a very entertaining publicity stunt. It's like fun watch, you guys. Yeah. But it's like, no, you're just... A triggering watch, but fun. You're just doing what every show does. Uh, You're casting someone you've already written. You're just pretending that's not what you're doing. Yeah, totally. But also, did they even write them? That's the thing is I feel like with how we watch season three and I just don't buy it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think that is all true, but it's also like they didn't do a good job at doing what they were lying about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think I think because they didn't do a traditional audition process they shot themselves in the foot because if they had just been like we are casting you know like male can pass for Mm -hmm. 17 years old yeah and the character is christian and then they had held auditions that way they could have found like a very dynamic exciting actor and maybe like built an interesting character around him but because they wanted to do this big you know like song and dance and get all this publicity they didn't really have an opportunity to really audition these kids and like really see what they're capable of acting wise. And then it just kind of got screwed over. Like, God, look at like legal MTV's legally blonde, the musical, the search for the next Elwoods (sighs) or look at like Andrew Lloyd Webber for some reason has like eight, five (laughs) different reality competitions where people are musicals. He didn't even feel right. I know he's just producing them, but it's like competitions to find out who's going to be the next Maria in the sound of music and who's going to be the next Nancy and Oliver. And like, I haven't seen all of them, but usually the people who win while like, maybe they weren't the best in my opinion are still like a very good fit for the role. Mm -hmm. 
because they knew going in like, oh, we're looking for a Maria. The girls knew they were looking for a Maria, so mm-hmm. they gave them Maria. Whereas the Glee Project was just like, Ryan Murphy has a character in his mind. Try and guess what it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, see if you fit this, like, this peg <laughs> exactly. shape that you don't know. Exactly. Oh and so gosh. then the end result was like, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Speaking of uh, Search for Elwoods, uh, did you have a favorite? I, um, to spoil how I feel, I think Autumn should have won. Oh, I obviously. did not think of Bailey course. should have won. Of course. <sighs> yeah. No, Bailey winning is like truly you know, one of the great missteps of history. I, I don't. And, and not they, they to even being, to say that she wasn't like a good choice. I just thought Autumn was the better choice. Well, it's because they kept, I don't like, I don't understand why so many uh, like musical theater competition shows always do this, mm. where they kept being like, you know, Autumn is the better singer and actor, but, but Bailey in the real life is Elle. Oh yeah. And I'm no, like, totally. have Ugh. you heard of acting? No, like, I know. Yeah. Personality wise. Yeah. Autumn Bailey is has more blonde like, hair in real life. Yeah, no, seriously. But it's like, if Autumn's the better actor, then she can act like Elle. Mm, so like, why don't you pick her? She doesn't have to have the same personality in real life. When I was doing the show Legally Blonde, I went back and watched the search for Elwoods and I was, I could go on and on with how it's I was. It's the best. <laughs> I did watch. It's just watch. so good. It's, I think it's the best one, like the best search oh, for whatever. Yeah. It's so fun. Tiffany and I did marathon the Andrew Lloyd Webber search for Maria one. Mm-hmm. And the woman who won was my pick from good. like the second episode. Good for you. So I was very proud of her. <laughs> <laughs> I remember watching the Grease one. Mm-hmm. Um, the Laura Osnes one? Yeah. I don't remember who I picked. That's irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> I was like racking my brain and I really wanted to. Here's what I wanted to say. I was trying to rack my brain on who was in that. And I was going to say that I wanted it to be them because I don't like Laura Osnes. <laughs> <laughs> I never watched that one, so I have no concept of any of it. Ugh, silly. I those I just think those shows are so fun. I just think Broadway is so funny, and then like it's skipping over everything and just going to TV. Like casting Broadway for TV or casting theater mm-hmm. for TV is just so funny to me. I know. That's so like good. those shows at their core are embarrassing, yeah. and that's what makes them so fun to watch. I know. Because you know like... Going on TV to compete to be like the next American Idol mm-hmm. is like something to be proud of. Like that's something you like brag to people yeah. about. But to be like freaking I went on a reality TV competition <laughs> to be the next Joseph and Joseph in the Amazing Technical yeah. Dreamcoat. Like I would hide that fact from I know. everyone I know. I know. Well, I remember. Well, recently on TikTok, a lot of like the Andrew Lloyd Webber like mm-hmm. goodbye things from those things from those things have been going around. Like the Joseph one where they would rip the coat, and yeah. the the Dorothy one where they'd make her fly off on the moon, like crying. The drama, the camp. I love that. I love it because they always make whoever got kicked off they always make them sing like Mm -hmm. the solo at the end so you know like joseph sings 
uh, Close Every Door from Me. And Dorothy sings like Summer Over the Rainbow and it's all emotional. (laughs) But for Sound of Music, Maria doesn't have, you know, kind of like a melancholy ballad. Yeah. So they have them sing So Long Farewell. Okay, that's hilarious. <laughs> and so it's like all the Maria still in the competition. Like kick her sing. in the butt. <laughs> yeah, they all like sing So Long Farewell. And then call. I don't remember. I think the last Maria maybe sings like Gretel's verse. Mm-hmm. Does the like, like so the long. sun has gone to bed and so mm-hmm. must I. It's so dumb. I love that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, uh, I just love reality TV and I love theater. And when they commingle, that's where I thrive. Truly. Baby. Oh my gosh. I could go on and on. <sighs> Dang. Aaron, again, thank you for this message. Absolutely agree with everything you said. Um, up next, we have a message from for the podcast, Sophie. Hi, besties. Thank you so much for doing the Glee Project. It was so much fun watching it for the first time and listening to your episodes on it. I have some thoughts, so let's get let's just get into it. First, I'll never be over how obsessed Ryan Murphy is with his underdog narrative, yet how little he seems to understand about it. I think Ian's point about the chip on Ryan's shoulder was a very fair observation. Personally, I think there are two main issues. One is what you've discussed on the podcast a few times, that these kids are no longer underdogs, even if they were to begin with, and the show keeps pretending they are. The most egregious example is Rachel, of course, especially moving forward. The other problem I realized while watching The Glee Project, and it's Ryan Murphy's inability to consider other perspectives, and so his idea of who even is an underdog is so narrow. And through this power trip of his, he really just becomes the arbitrator of who even gets to be the underdog whose story is told. And in the end, he decides it's the two straight boys and they end up getting the blandest characters of all time. (laughs) I feel bad for Damien and Samuel, but it didn't have to be this way. It's also bonkers to me that they could only ever view Lindsay as the Rachel who isn't Rachel enough. And you know what's crazy? With all that talk of perfectionism and how she isn't quite Leah, isn't quite Leah, just make her a Faberry love child. Faberry watch. Oh yeah. Faberry watch. Seriously, she would be the perfect new generation kid to embody a bit of both worlds. Maybe having an upbringing more similar to Quinn's where she feels suffocated by expectations and can't let go of the little Miss Perfect role. At the same time, she's also a theater kid like Rachel who thrives to be a star. I think it would have worked, but I guess Lindsay also deserved better than Glee. Separate thought, but seeing Emily again really, really, really made me wish she got more time. I've been mourning the wasted potential ever since you pointed out that she and Lindsay were real-life Santana and Rachel. It also just makes me so, so upset that she was put what she was put through during Vulnerability Week, but you've already covered that. Thank you again for this journey. Looking forward to Season 2, and then Season 4 of Glee. I hope your first weeks in New York are going to go well. I'm sure it's all very scary and exciting. It was for me when I made a similar big move. I hope I can help you with this little message that I would have loved to hear back then. You're on the right path. You both have such bright futures ahead, and I'm sure you're going to be real New Yorkers in no time. Best Sophie, she, her. Sophie, dare I say native New Yorkers? What? (laughs) Okay, hold on, you guys. 
why is everyone so freaking nice? For real. I'm, seriously, what Very is going sweet. on? Every time I read one of these, Sophie, I'm like, I'm like near tears. I'm going to sob about this later. But you guys, I'm like, I'm not even there yet. You're there. I'm like crying all the time about it. I'm so scared. The rent is so expensive. I'm so poor already. The night before I moved, I literally was sitting in my room packing and crying, just going, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? And I was like, this is the stupidest decision I've ever made. And here we are. But Sophie told us we're on the right path. Truly. And soon we'll be native New Yorkers. <sighs> thank you, Sophie. And thank no, you, for everyone, thank you. For, for believing in us. Honestly, I'm talking... Uh, and maybe that's something, you know, every good thing is maybe just, you know, a, an amount of scary that is that scares mm-hmm. you. And I just genuinely... I t- I'm just so scared. And like, I talk myself out of it. Like every day I'm like, I can't believe I did that. Cause I just bought a ticket like so on a whim. And I was like, well, I got to make this work now. And genuinely, ugh, every time I read one of these messages, I talk myself, I could do it. <laughs> so good. Uh, not crying. I'm not rubbing my butt all over the city for nothing. And I'll literally get your butt sweat all over that town. Uh, <laughs> or it's not, it's cold there. So maybe your butt's not sweating. Anyway. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> no. oh my gosh no for real let's talk about your message for a second sophie yeah ryan murphy just <sighs> you know i was watching i i watched the two episodes of the glee project we're going to talk about on wednesday stay tuned everyone and I just got such a vibe of what you're saying right here, Sophie, that uh, Ryan Murphy just like his opinion is the be all and end all. And he just kind of wants to surround himself with yes men Mm -hmm. and doesn't actually like take into account other people's views or other people's perspectives that much. And so he's just like, I don't know. I think Samuel's an underdog because I want to write this character that I feel like Samuel fits. And I don't know, I feel like Damien's an underdog because I like his personality. (laughs) And I don't know, I think Finn's an underdog because I wish that someone like Finn was nice to me in high school. Mm -hmm. Like There it is. He wants to sing in my life to the high school quarterback. Truly. Oh my gosh, you're so right. Like, and you can see that in how like the rest of the judges interact with him where they're like, where he's like, I don't know what you see in him. I don't know what you see in her where like, they're obviously like seeing these people in like rehearsals, working their butts off, being awesome, being personalities for this personality competition. And Ryan Murphy doesn't freaking see that at all. Um, and he's not even listening to them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he just like, he has no one. And I mean, I think all the judges are guilty of this. There's no one who's like, hey, you know, mm-hmm. if you want to cast like Samuel and Damien, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But just so you are aware, the fact that you told Hannah that she's the epitome of glee mm-hmm. and then you've kicked her you, off. Yeah. And then you told Alex that they represent glee more than anyone in the competition and mm-hmm. then they didn't win. Like that maybe shows a pattern that. Yeah you actually don't 
care about what you yeah. preach this show being about. And yeah. like, hear me out. That's fine if you own up to it. So like yeah. you should own up to it and stop preaching that. I know. Oh my gosh. I cannot wait to get to Glee Project season two because I, it's going to get worse. You know what I mean? Um, Sophie, again, thank you so much for this message. Um, Up next, we have a message from for the podcast, Kylie. Hey, Lena and Ian. I'm a longtime listener, first time emailer. Excuse me. Uh, That was good. I wish you would keep it. No. (laughs) (laughs) The amount of belches I cut out of this podcast, it's it's. Only the minisodes because Weird. it is like reading out loud mm, oh, that yeah. makes it happen. Yeah. That just like coaxes like, my ta- body. <laughs> you're taking like calculated breaths. Yeah, exactly. And I'm trying Kinda to like. like how sp- singing makes me burp a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dang. <laughs> Maybe I will leave that in. It's a funny egg. <laughs> and everyone can wonder, did he belch during mine? I think that's my third belch this episode. So yeah, everyone guess. Yeah, which ones they were in. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I first wanted to say how much I love your show, not only because it's hilarious, and I love being able to think back to preteen me and make fun of myself for being obsessed with this TV show, but also because the two of you remind me so much of my friends and I. Like Ian, I graduated college in the middle of a pandemic with a degree in theater. I found the first job I could find because money is a thing I needed. I became incredibly depressed because while most of my friends from college were still attending, I was by myself, and most of all, I had no theater in my life, which, as I always say, is the thing that feeds my soul. Listening to your podcast was the highlight of my week sometimes because for a brief moment, I felt as if I was with my friends in our theater department talking about random shit before a rehearsal or show. I would like to follow this by saying I am now in a much better place. I've actually found a job directing theater at a high school, which might sound small to some, but it is the best job I have ever had and my soul is full every day because of it. Anyway, enough of the mumbo jumbo stuff that nobody wants to listen to. <laughs> Kylie, I need you to speak Yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> I, that was that's all the, very sweet. That's the stuff I like to read. <laughs> <laughs> I'm specifically emailing because I have a theory as to why Alex didn't win the Glee Project. Because let's be honest, they blew everybody else out of the water. I think Ryan Murphy knew he was going to make Alex's character being addressed the majority of the time. However, because this is 2012 and there was not much representation regarding trans characters and Glee was now mainstream and popular, Ryan didn't want anything to hurt that. I think he gave Alex the two-episode arc to test the waters and see if the public would respond mostly positive or negative with their character. It could also be that Ryan just wanted to pick straight white guys to win because he knows that straight white guys are safe to showcase to the public. All the best, Kylie, she, her. You know, it could be that. It could be that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> this is all speculation. Yeah, absolutely. But hear me out. If I could get Ryan Murphy into this <laughs> podcast, what would we, we ask him? I think we would talk about the Glee Project mostly. Well, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I've got bones to pick. But I, this is a very interesting theory. Yeah. And honestly, I don't know. Hmm. I just like, we talk a lot of crap about glee on this podcast Mm -hmm. and you know what a lot of it's warranted Mm -hmm. 
but I think it is um, so easy to forget how different uh, portrayal of queer characters was in 2011 and specifically like not even how they were portrayed, but the fact that like they just weren't most of the time. Yeah. Like just there were no gay characters. And so like, you know, um, if this theory is true, which who knows if it is, it's easy to like pile on Ryan Murphy to be like, he was afraid to show a trans character on TV. But also like, I, we crap on him a lot and I think we should. Yeah. But, he truly did do a lot for queer totally. representation in television. Absolutely. And he did eventually have a trans character on his show who was like one of the leads of the show. Yeah. I remember, gosh, back in 2011, I think was like around the time I like met a trans person for the first time. And when that mm-hmm. happened, I didn't, I didn't even have like words for what it was. I, I had no idea the concept cause it wasn't on TV at all. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I grew up in like, you know, rural Utah. So like, you know, that first person that I met, I had no idea what was going on. And then seeing unique on Glee, like, you know, I think, Uh, we'll give Ryan Murphy crap all the time. And I'm really glad that Alex Newell got to be on this show more because, you know, that representation is there and was there and changed Mm -hmm. so many lives, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Also, Hmm. uh, Kylie, thank you for the first half of this message. All that mumbo jumbo. One, very happy for you to have a job that feeds your soul. That is so important. I'm so proud of you. Mm -hmm. Also, just like, I'm just like in a point in my life where I feel like I haven't done anything with my life. You literally moved (laughs) to New York like two days ago. No, I know. But but I just like, you know, it's easy. Freaking, you know, like... I saw a a show the other day and half the cast and, you know, like it was an off Broadway show. It had like Tony winning actors in it Mm -hmm. and half the cast was younger than me and not like younger than me by a few months, like younger than me by literal multiple years. I know. And it's just so easy to be like, I haven't done anything. I'm just kind of like farting around. Yeah. Yeah. For real. I freaking was living with my parents for two years because of the pandemic. And just whenever people message us about like the podcast having like helped them through a, a tough time or like given them any sort of comfort, it's just like very comforting to me to be like, oh, something I did made someone feel better. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so just thank you for (laughs) all of you who like reach out to us and tell us stuff like that. It is very helpful, especially when I'm I'm getting existential and down on myself Mm -hmm. and being like nothing I do matters. I know. It's very nice that we're able to share moments like that together. Absolutely. I was like looking at my sister the, the other day, my younger sister, and she's like, got a house and like 
a job that like pays her really well with like benefits and like a long-term like partner mm-hmm. and like I love my sister I just think that she's the best and her and I are just on different paths you know what I mean and yeah and I god I'm like I it's hard to like see other people on different paths than you and like come to terms with your own path because you're like I should be doing more now i should be farther along by now but it's also like i'm not them you know i made different choices i'm here they're there i'm doing this they're doing that i have this they have that you know what i mean and it's like there's no point in comparing but But i sure do it anyway oh no (laughs) listen i do it every day my life is a constant uh then me putting my circle onto other people's circles and trying to then diagram it and trying Mm -hmm. to compare and contrast oh Mm -hmm. my gosh but Uh, something so toxic i do (laughs) is i look up uh actors that i look up to Mm -hmm. and i try and find out where they were at my age and then i'm like you're a failure because you (laughs) haven't done the stuff they were doing by your age it's really bad. Anyway, Kylie, thank you so much for this message. Seriously, I love when people share their theories with us. I am obsessed with reading people's theories. I'm obsessed with the lore of this show <laughs> and what people think happened. I do it every day. I'm like, Ryan Murphy was thinking this. So I absolutely love that. Thank you, Kylie. And again, thank you so much for the mumbo jumbo at the beginning of this message. Think highly of yourself, Kylie. Highly, Kylie. <laughs> anyway, um, the next message we have is from front of the podcast, Delaney. Delaney says, I went home this weekend and found a relic. I was gifted this for Christmas when I was about 10 years old, even though it fully says 13 and up. But I was watching Glee anyway, so whatever. I thought I'd share this blast from the past. Delaney found the stuff of legend, <laughs> the old Glee cd-rom board game which fun fact friend of the podcast and ep of the podcast tiffany found at a thrift store and bought for us for our podcast birthday but we have yet to play it because (laughs) we just like have not been in the same city for a long enough Mm -hmm. amount of time but like so that the cd-rom board game you know lean and i still haven't like really divulged into it because we were waiting for a time when we were both living near each other and, Gosh, and I could remember get into when it. we ended USF, we were like, well, we're going to hang out so often when we're up North. <sighs> Shoot. It happened like f- four or five times. You know, those four or five times were special, but <laughs> they were. <laughs> so, um, I'll just, I'll just share some highlights of, because she sent she sent us a very detailed photographic log of all the different uh, aspects of this game. So the conceit of this game is, you know, you have a board and you each turn you have to like either pick a card or you have to perform a song, which does not make sense to me. Because with the card, the deal is you pick a card that has a character on it. So it'll have like a picture of Will Schuster. Mm-hmm. And then next to it, it has a fact about that character. So it'll be like walked out on his wife when he found out she was faking her pregnancy. 
So you pick up the card, you put it against your forehead. You have to ask everyone else yes or no questions about who the character is. Once you figure out who the character is, you now have, they now have to give you hints about like what the fact about them is Hmm. until you can guess the fact, which seems overly complicated to me. He's so silly. And it's so weird because your options are either do that to move forward, which is like so overly complicated and ridiculous to have to figure out the character and then also the fact about Mm them, or just pick a song off the CD-ROM and dance to it and then you move forward, which is like, what? I'm going to dance every time. And so, exactly. And so then you keep moving forward. You get to the end. The last piece on the board is sectionals. Whoever gets to sectionals first wins. Oh my gosh. Which is not how sectionals works in the show. Can you imagine? It was like the show yeah. choir that arrives first wins sectionals. It's just a race. <laughs> sure. Um, they also say in the instruction manual, it says, if you don't have a CD player, no problem. You can still play the game and be a gleek. So don't worry, everyone. Perfect. So this game uh, clearly came out in the hiat- the season one hiatus between mm. the first 13 episodes and the back nine. Because every single fact that is listed about the characters all happens in the first 13 episodes. It also features some like very bizarre picks for characters. Uh, Lena, do you remember who... Henri is no well the glee board game expects you to he is the shop teacher who gets his thumbs thumbs. cut off with the thumbs (laughs) it also features miss hutchins which is uh the glee club director played by eve and dakota johnson who appears in one episode of glee Fully gets two separate cards. Did you mean to say Dakota Johnson? I fully did not. <laughs> I <laughs> Dakota <knew> that. <laughs> Stanley. That genuinely was a slip of the tongue. I didn't mean to do that. Anyways, Delaney continues some of her highlights from this game. Tina only has one card, and it's about her faking a stutter. Play the jingle. Tina, they did you so wrong. Tina, Cohen Chang. And for the lead characters, it'll show like their picture. Um, and then for like characters that aren't really important, it'll just show a silhouette because they were too lazy to, you know, like find a picture of Henri. Yeah. And so every female <laughs> character, it's clearly a silhouette of Sue. And every male character, it's clearly a silhouette of Will. Mm. Except Dakota Stanley is a picture of Sue. What? (laughs) Which furthers the fact that the character's Dakota Stanley was actually played by Fifty Shades of Grey's own Dakota Johnson, a Mm. full woman. There it is, a full woman. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Delaney also says, Brittany is only a silhouette and there's no Santana to be found. Also, they did Bert dirty since all of his cards refer to him as Mr. Hummel. Meanwhile, Quinn's dad gets his own card and it calls him Russell. What? I couldn't even tell you ever. 
ever. Like while we were watching the episode that his name was Russell. No, I guarantee I am willing to say under penalty of death that never <laughs> once in the entirety of Glee do they ever speak Quinn's dad's first no, name. Because she always calls him daddy. And then mm-hmm. Kurt calls him Mr. Faberry or Fabray. Mm-hmm. Fabry. Oh, I wish. And he calls himself Mr. Fabre because he doesn't yeah. know how to pronounce his own I name. I do remember that. He's mm-hmm. like, we're the Fabres. And I said, where's the show book? Give me, I need some color coordinated binders. Give me, give me a. But you know what I love about that? This is one mm-hmm. of my favorite things. When you're like deep into a show's lore on its mm-hmm. wiki. Yeah. And it will have like some random fact about a character yeah. and it's cited. And it's from like some super, super obscure source. Mm-hmm. And so on Glee Wiki, his character name is Russell Fabre. And they have and the to cite that is, source as like the Glee CD-ROM board I, game. Okay, wait. <laughs> if that's canon, that's canon. I'm it's not canon. Gonna, I'm literally not even going to like uh, uh, dispute that. I love that. Russell Fabre. Also, <laughs> one of Sue's uh, facts about herself on her card is that she can vomit at will. The other one is she wants to protect the Glee Club from racism. When? What? Which is not what the episode Throwdown is about, yeah. but okay. No, certainly not. Good episode. And then one of Rachel's facts is tried bulimia and failed. Ay, ay, ay. Yikes. Oh, my God. Oh, my that's, gosh. We should that's play this the Glee game. CD-ROM board game, baby. How should we play that game? Uh, do you think it's a two-player game, or do you think we need more friends? Um, I don't know. Well... I'm sure we'll be what I literally did not have room to pack the Glee CD ROM board game uh, because I fit absolutely everything I could into my suitcases to move to New York. But I left a pile of things in my room to have mm-hmm. my mom mail to me. And Perfect. it was, in fact, in the pile yes. of things. So. Your mom coming through. <laughs> I love that. Delaney. Oh, my gosh. You just made me so freaking excited to play this freaking game. Thank you for sending us all of this. I'm going to look through all these photos um, until I die. I love this. I love Glee. You guys. uh, You should start a podcast about it. I'm thinking about it. I've been thinking about it for a minute. Well, everyone, (laughs) that's your mini-sode. Welcome back after our week off. I missed you. I missed you, too. That's the thing is like. Oh, that's awkward. <laughs> I, didn't I was going to say, because like, yes, we didn't record, but also like you fully did not have cell reception the last yeah. week. And so like, I truly have not spoken to you at I all. Know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, so it's well, good to see you again. I know it is good to see you. I have missed you a lot. Ugh, literally. I realized over this last week, um, I'm not going to say that I'm podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I never will. Uh, and you can't make me. Um, anyway, I missed you so much. I miss the listeners so much. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to get back into the Glee project. I'm so excited to get back into Glee. So excited to move close to your freaking butt sweat all over NYC. Yeah, baby. We're a native New Yorker. This city screams your butt sweat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. Okay. No one cleans up the butt sweat for a native New Yorker. (laughs) That's true. That's true. I read a book over the week um, called One Last Stop, and it's about two girls who fall in love on the Q train in New York. Oh, heck yeah. 
and uh, the show goes down in the subway, y'all. Oh, oh, heck yeah. You know what I mean? Anyway, it, uh, you got to read the book. Anyway, I was I talking was to my friend uh, the other day and she was like, one time I was walking on the subway and someone threw a traffic cone at my head. <laughs> so same vibes as that book sounds like. No, totally. <laughs> absolutely. Same vibes. <laughs> well. Wow. That's your minisode, you guys. Uh, join us next week for the ter- the first two episodes of freaking Glee Project Season 10. Yeah, casting uh, special and individuality. Again, you can find those. Um, we put the, uh, the, the links are on our subreddit and our Discord. Please join those. Go have fun with us on there. And then in the meantime, you can see the, the, ep- the, the links to the episodes. There's a Facebook link and the mega link. So... I can't wait to see you there. All right, love you all. And goodbye. You all. Goodbye. Here's a mini kiss on your mini forehead. Thank you for listening to Recovering Gleek. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at recoveringgleek underscore podcast. If you liked our podcast, be sure to leave a review and tell your friends, please. <laughs>